Is the season for that horse now? Yes, Hawkeye, that's with no balls now. Something, something runs with balls now, and the decks are all here. Hey, everybody. This is Kennedy Hawk, and like every holiday season, we're going to continue Deck the Halls at MCM. It's a little bit different this year. I haven't had enough time to make a video for every day or a deck list for every day, but I did remake one deck for each aspect, including the pool aspect, from some of my favorite decks from the past. Just updating those decks, and then I packed them all with me for our holiday vacation that starts tomorrow, so I'm going to bring them with me. So if you want to play the same decks as me, feel free to build these decks. Otherwise, all throughout the month of January and February, when I'm in the TTS looking for group channels in the MCM Discord and the main Discord, I'll be playing these decks. So be sure to try to join one of the Discords and hit me up for a game so that we can enjoy some awesome Marvel Champions together. So, without further ado, I'll get to this year's Decked Halls decks. Alright, so I made one deck per aspect and I upgraded some of my old favorite decks from the past. And this first deck that I want to talk about is a Hawkeye Aggression deck. I know, you're shocked. A Hawkeye Aggression deck from Kennedy Hawk. So this deck is sort of an upgraded version of the I Have an Arrow for That deck, where we're trying to just accumulate arrows in our quiver, but it's also designed specifically for multiplayer. I'm bringing these five decks with me on the holiday season, so I'm planning to play them with a lot of my family and friends together, so I want the decks to synergize a little bit. So let's read through the deck and then talk about some of the tactics. So, these are all upgraded decks with everything all the way through the entire next evolution cycle. So there's lots of new things that are in the player side scheme era of Marvel Champions. So you can envision we're going to see a lot of player side schemes in these decks. So, for this deck I call it Hawkeye Pew 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 because it's all about shooting our arrows one at a time and then swinging bid big with Hawkeye. We're going to start out with our upgrades. We've got Combat Training, a classic from the core set to pump Hawkeye up to 4 attack once we have his bow out as well. We've got our two copies of Expert Marksman to help us afford those arrows and then do whatever else we want to do from our hand. I have two copies of Fluid Motion. After you play an attack event, exhaust this card. Your hero gets plus 1 attack until the end of the phase. That counts our 6 arrow attack events and any additional attack events we include. I included one copy of the unique upgrade God Slayer. It's a three cost upgrade that is restricted. When your hero makes a basic attack against a unique enemy, exhaust God Slayer, God Slayer to give that attack plus two for that attack. This card is really good because of the player side scheme lock and load. It's gonna let us play it for a little bit cheaper. Um, and also in multiplayer it gives us another target so that we can play lock and load as the aggression player and help everybody else find their weapons. We've obviously got our bow and our quiver. And then we've got one copy of Martial Prowess. Exhaust Martial Prowess, generate a physical resource for an attack event. This can be used for our arrows. Um, and then we've got Sharpshooter, Hero Interrupt. When you make a ranged attack, discard the top card of your deck. This attack deals one additional damage for each resource icon discarded this way. We're not trying to do anything fancy here, like getting two resource icons from this. We're simply trying to make it so that all of our arrow events that are ranged attacks, so that's going to be Electric Arrow, Vibranium Arrow, and Sonic Arrow do one extra point of damage. All right, so we've got 10 upgrades, so we can really thin our deck really well. And one of my favorite things about player side schemes is it helps everybody thin their deck, because a lot of player side schemes are everybody goes and grabs something and puts it in play. So let's look at our player side schemes next. We've got Lock and Load, which is a one cost aggression side scheme with two threat per player. So even pretty easy for Hawkeye to get rid of. Um, each player may search their deck and discard pile for a weapon upgrade with a cost of 3 or less and put it into play. So we're not going to be grabbing our bow with this, that costs 0, but we are going to be grabbing Godslayer and helping other people grab weapons that will help them. 
We've got specialized training, which is five threat per player. Each player who does not control a specialization upgrade chooses one set aside upgrade and puts it into play under their control. Obviously, you're going to go for that attack upgrade because your goal every turn is to do one basic attack and shoot one arrow, whatever the most convenient arrow is for that turn. So you're going to be drawing a lot of extra cards from specialized training. And then we've got superpower training. Each player may search their deck and discard pile for an identity-specific upgrade and put it into play. This basically puts two Quivers in your deck. If you mulligan into Quiver, um, you can just go grab an Expert Marksman. It's never going to hurt you. Everyone on the team is going to be happy, unless they're Nova, to go find an upgrade and be able to put it into play. We've got the three basic resources, Energy, Genius, and Strength. Um, and I included one copy of Helicarrier, because other players might be running build support, and we want to have some sort of support that we can target with that. Let's move on to our events and our allies. So for our events, we've got our 10 arrows. We've got our two cable arrows, our two electric arrows, our two explosive arrows, our two sonic arrows, and our two vibranium arrows. I included three copies of Press the Advantage, deal two damage to an enemy. If it is stunned or confused, draw a card. This just helps us cycle our deck and power up our fluid motions. And then three copies of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, because if you do happen to trigger fluid motion once or twice, you're gonna wanna get as many swings off as you can using EMH. For allies, we've included obviously a lot of Avengers allies. So we have Wasp, Spider Girl, Hulk. Those are like the classic Avengers aggression cheap allies pack. They're mainly going to be defending for you and just become batteries for Earth's Mightiest Heroes. We've got Mockingbird, obviously, from our kit, um, is Avenger and Shield traded. And then I put Blade in from the Mad Titan's Shadow, another really great ally to include with Hawkeye. I included Nick Fury just because he's kind of a staple. And then I put an Atlas Bear. We've actually got 16 events in our deck. Um, so it's not too infrequent that Atlas Bear will actually hit and put an event into your hand. So you look at the top card of your player deck. If it's an event, you may deal one damage to Atlas Bear to add it to your hand. If it's not, you've just looked at it and now you know if your quiver is going to hit or anything like that. I really like Atlas Bear and Hawkeye. Even if they're not going to hit every time, you're probably going to hit pretty frequently. Um, and it's another way to keep an ally on the board when you're sort of like waiting to be able to block with them. All right. So that is the Hawkeye deck. Like I talked about, the goal of this deck is for you to sort of thin your deck a little bit, not extravagantly. I'm not saying get all 10 upgrades and play and play all three player side schemes. You've got 16 events, so thinning your deck isn't going to do too much for you. But you want to thin your deck by playing things like combat training and fluid motion so that when you play those arrows, you're then able to make a giant swing, hopefully with your specialized training out to draw onto more cards and ready yourself. Hawkeye's base three with his bow is actually his strongest asset, um, believe it or not, Besides his quiver, besides his arsenal of arrows, that three attack can get a lot done. So we really want to focus on playing one arrow or building up arrows in our quiver while we play other things from our hand and then using arrows at the optimal time and focusing on using our big basic attack to take down the villain. All right, so let's go. Uh, we're going to do Christmas colors. We did red Hawkeye. So let's talk about Drax Protection. This is one of my favorite decks that I saw at Con of Heroes last year. Um, and even saw a little bit before that, but I think we've really reached a point now where Drax Protection can just be a massively amazing deck. So this deck focuses on a bunch of readies from the Protection set to really get the most use out of Drax's Vengeance counters, combining it with some of the newer cards we have, like Superpower Training, to make sure we can find our defeat, render medical aid, and establish perimeter to keep Drax healthy and on the hero side. And cards like Taunts to really draw in cards and build your Vengeance counters up quickly. So let's go through this deck. We'll go in the same order, starting with upgrades. We've obviously got our Drax upgrades, so that's Drax's Knife, Drax's Other Knife, 
our Dweefeet Mastery and our Too Stubborn to Die. Here we're going to really prioritize Dweefeet Mastery. The really basis of this deck is to perform a bunch of basic attacks, just like that Hawkeye deck, and each one's going to draw you a card. So your four card hand size might turn into 12 cards over the course of your turn because you're going to have so many readies in your deck. Of the two knives, we care a little bit more about Drax's knife. That retaliate damage isn't super important for us, um, but Drax's knife, the plus one attack, can be a really big boost. We've got two copies of Adrenaline Rush, because when you do have that hand, when you know you're going to attack five or six times, having these down ahead of time is only going to help you boost that attack uh, output. We've got two copies of Energy Barrier and one copy of Force Field Generator. These are our three tech upgrades um, because we're going to run Repurpose as one of our protection ready events. So Energy Barrier I like a little better because it lasts a little bit longer. You have a little bit more control because we're not going to always draw into Repurpose at the perfect time. Uh, whereas Force Field Generator is forced, but it does prevent damage and keep you in hero form as long as possible to really get the most use out of your Vengeance counters. Our last upgrade is a one of, a one copy of Symbiote Suit. Make sure you ask your team before you play this card, or don't, and cause some Christmas chaos. But your identity will get one to each of its basic powers, and plus one hand size, and plus ten hit points. That is amazing for Drax. Being a 24 hit point hero with five card hand size that wants to take attacks to face is super, super strong. It does have a hazard icon, so ask your team before it hits the table. That is our only four cost card in this deck. We'll jump to events next. Um, our only three cost cards in this deck are our two copies of Knife Leap and... Did I miss one? Oh, and our Force Field Generator. So we're only at four cards at three plus in cost. So for our events, we've got two copies of Fight Me Coward, which is going to help Drax ready and take attacks to him and draw more cards. Intimidation, uh, remove X threat from a scheme where X is equal to your attack. A lot of times by the end of the game, you have six base attack or five base attack. So Intimidation is a one to remove like six threat. It's amazing. We've got two copies of Knife Leap, which costs three, but it gets reduced one by one for each Vengeance counter. So to start the game, this is a resource, but later on, this is just a zero cost, add five to your next basic attack and overkill. It's, it's amazing. We've got Leading Blow. When your hero makes a basic attack, discard the top card of the encounter deck. Reduce your hero's attack by the number of printed boost icons on that card. If this attack still deals damage, ready your hero. This is amazing for Drax, but not early game. Once you get your attack up to about three, you can pretty reliably count on this to ready you. And if you have Dweefeed out, this turns into a zero-cost card that lets you draw two cards, because you can now perform two attacks since you're readied. It really pays the, like giant dividends when you get to four, five, six, or seven attack, because you're almost guaranteed to still deal damage and get that free ready. So we have three copies of Leading Blow. We have two copies of Parry, which is just preventing damage. Again, a lot of times you're going to get up to five or six or seven attack by the end of the game. So you can use Parry to block 14 damage from a villain attack. You can just shrug it off, and it's amazing. We've got two copies of Payback. When the villain attacks you, deal X damage to the villain, where X is equal to your attack. Two copies of Repurpose. Discard a tech upgrade you control. Ready your hero and choose Thwart, Attack, or Defense. Until the end of the round, your hero gets plus X to the chosen power, where X is equal to the upgrade's printed cost. So ideally, we would use this with Force Field Generator to get three, but even with an Energy Barrier, a zero-cost card that lets you get plus two attack and ready, um, and that attack lasts till the end of the round, so it works with Parry, it works with Intimidation, it works with Payback, all the good things that you want to play um, during your turn and the villain turn. So only two copies to repurpose because we only have three tech upgrades, and I don't rely on being able to see them all the time. 
We've got three copies of Taunt, which is from Angel's uh, pack. So the villain attacks you. Other characters cannot defend against this attack and draw three cards. This is really good against for, for Drax, right? Especially once you have your Symbiote suit down and you have that extra 24 HP, it's really easy to play Taunt and just draw four cards because you've played Taunt, the villain has attacked you, you're already at three vengeance counters, so you take a couple points of damage and draw four cards. It's amazing for cycling through your deck and finding your combos that are just going to let you ready over and over and over again. We've also got three copies of What Doesn't Kill Me. This is like the perfect Drax card um, from Sinister Motives. So it's got a requirement that you need a physical resource, which is a little bit hairy. Uh, hero action, deal two damage to your hero. Ready your hero. I would honestly almost swap out. I have energy, genius, and strength, but you might want to take energy and genius and turn them into power of protections. All of our non-protection uh, cards are two cost or less. So... You can probably play that and and do really well with it. What is our four cost card? Maybe I'm no no symbiote suit isn't four cost. You probably do want those two double all those double resources just to make sure you can get symbiote suit down at the right time. But either way, I think that uh, this this uh, requirement isn't too big of a deal. What doesn't kill me does is it's gonna heal you and then ready your hero. So it just sets up another Dweefeed. Basically, every time you ready your hero, you can reduce the cost of that event by one because you're drawing a card to replace it. We've got three player side schemes again. So we've got Established Perimeter, which is two threat per player. Give each identity a tough status card. A lot of times I'll save these till the end of the game, or middle of the game, once I'm up to like five or six attack. I can play Established Perimeter and then immediately remove it with Intimidation and give everyone tough. It's amazing. Same thing with Render Medical Aid. Each player heals a total of five damage among their characters. That is going on to Drax for you. You don't have a lot of allies, you may have noticed. So we are healing ourselves and keeping ourselves in hero form. And then we've got superpower training just because Dweetheat Mastery is super important. You can always grab a Too Stubborn to die with this or Drax's Knife, but Dweetheat's going to be your primary target. Like I said, we've got our three resources, and then we've only got two allies in this deck. I have Ironheart and Mantis. Uh, honestly, Ironheart could be another adrenaline rush if you wanted to be cute and not have any signature, uh, non-signature allies, but I think she's good for the card draw. So we've got two two-cost allies to help us, but we're going to mainly want to soak those attacks so we can turn those vengeance counters into draw. So just like the Hawkeye deck, this one focuses on doing damage, um, a little bit of preventing damage and thwarting once you're set up, but you're going to build yourself up to a massive attack and then use Dweefeet to just draw through your deck continuously. I've had games where I performed like eight to nine basic attacks and cycled my deck uh, to the second pass or to the cycled it and started drawing new cards from it and continue readying and playing just because there's so many readies and protection that are super fun. All right, now for something new. Let's look at Spider Pool. Uh, I built a Spider-Man Deadpool or Pool Aspect deck, and it has been super fun to play and local play. So let's go through the deck and talk about why Spider-Man is a great hero to counteract a lot of the stuff that comes with the Pool Aspect. So we've got Black Cat, um, who takes no consequential damage from attacking, so she's going to be out for a while, and kind of makes sense to go along with the other Deadpool allies that can sit around and not take damage. So we've obviously got Bob, Agent of Hydra, we've got Dogpool, and I put Kidpool in there as well. So we've got three pool allies and our classic Nick Fury, because why not? Um, our allies are really focused on just being able to sit on the board and ping tough off things, get things out of the way, maybe do some thwarting since Spider-Man's not great at that, but since you're not taking consequential damage, you can last for a while and do that. 
I really like um, the ally set that comes with uh, the pool aspect, but that's not the main thing we're trying to do with this deck. What I really like is the event package that comes with the pool aspect. I really like Barely a Scratch. It's a hero interrupt zero cost event. When you would take any amount of damage from attack, prevent one of that damage for each different icon in play, basically. That's amazing. It doesn't help against Amplify icons, which is a bit of a bummer, but it does help against all the other icons. And Spider-Man is like the best character to deal with a lot of those icons, right? If there's extra acceleration or if there's extra encounter cards coming out or extra attacks coming, Spidey doesn't care. That's going to make him draw more cards from those extra encounter cards. That's going to make him even stronger, right? He's really good at canceling the extra encounter cards. Not so good at getting around Crisis, and he's going to rely on other people to help him with uh, those acceleration tokens, but hopefully his allies can help him out with that. Um, so I really like the event Barely a Scratch with Spider-Man. It gives you, between that and Backflip, basically five cards in your deck that are just like, you take no damage, which is amazing. <laughs> I also include three copies of I Got This, because obviously we're going to be focused on having a couple of those icons out there. So the following... If the following icons are on one or more cards in play, a Crisis Icon lets you deal 3 damage to an enemy, an Acceleration lets you remove 2 threat from a scheme, a uh, Amplify lets you ready an ally, and a Hazard lets you draw a card. You're hoping to have all of those out there um, so that you can really power up this card. We've obviously got our backflips, our Enhanced Spider Senses, which are great at counteracting things, and our Swinging Web Kicks. And then I included one copy of Get In Front Of Me, just because... You cancel a treachery card, you draw a card to replace it, and then probably draw a card when you throw an ally in front of the attack. Sounds great. Um, for player side schemes, we did put in a copy of Live Dangerously. It's a little bit dangerous to play, but I think with Spider-Man and all those powered-up cards, it can be really strong. You cannot even care about the Crisis Icon for a while, but eventually it, you're going to have to do something to get by it. Uh, we also included a copy of Superpower Training, I'm not a big fan of this in Spider-Man, because our events aren't great, right? Getting a web shooter or a spider tracer is nice temporarily, but it's going to go away. I do really like this because superpower training doesn't have a limit on the cost of the upgrade that you bring into play. So you can use superpower training to bring out a webbed up, which I almost never want to play otherwise, because it's counteractive to the way Spider-Man works. In instead of our basic cards, we've included a copy of self-confidence, self-control, and self-preservation. Spider-Man almost always has no sustained damage, unless he's just face-tanking things for fun. So this is almost always going to be a triple resource card. Always a double resource card, maybe sometimes a triple resource card. But with all of the backflips and barely a scratches and ant maze you have at your arsenal, you're probably going to be pretty close to full health to trigger all of these things. For supports, we have Aunt May and Helicarrier. And then for upgrades, we're playing a little bit of Christmas Magic here. We got two downtimes and two endurances to spread them around the team. I did include a copy of Healing Factor, which is just going to help us trigger those self-confidence controls and preservations even more. And then I included one copy of Laser Swords. I think Laser Swords is one of the pivotal cards I've had when I play this deck with the Hawkeye deck. Because Hawkeye plays locked and loaded, I can go search out these Laser Swords and put them into play. A lot of times, Spider-Man becomes like a six-attack monster at that point, which is amazing. We've obviously got our Spider Tracers. I put in a copy of Stick to Itiveness, Stick to Itiveness, um, just because it's like really good tenacity. It's really great when you can turn your web shooters into a ready every round. Helps you thwart, lets you defend, and then still be able to ready and attack and use your laser swords to pew pew pew. 
I included Tic-Tac-Toe because I want to be able to heal the damage off of Spider-Man to trigger all of those self cards and to really make sure that I'm maintaining as much health as possible. Then we've got our web shooters and webbed up. So this is just like a, a classic pool deck, right? You're trying to gather as many icons as you can out there, but you're leaning into Spider-Man's ability to draw extra cards when attacks come your way. That helps you with get in front of me. That helps you negate the hazard icon because a lot of times that hazard will turn into an encounter card that might make an extra attack. If it doesn't make an extra attack, you've got two copies of Enhanced Spider-Sense to help cancel whatever comes out of those hazard icons. So I really like Spider-Man with the pool aspect and can't wait to play with it a little bit more. Alright, since we talked about that Crisis icon that's going to cause problems, let's talk about our fourth deck. And Crimson's going to be real mad because my Justice deck is basically a cleanup deck. I have a Shadowcat Justice deck that is here to clean up the mess the other three characters we just talked about created. Hawkeye's over here focusing on building his board and attacking. Drax is doing the same. Spider-Man is throwing hazard icons and acceleration icons on things. We need a Justice player to clean this up. So we're going to use some of the newer Confuse cards with Shadowcat to really maintain confusion on the board and really focus on cleaning up the board state from those other three Reckless characters. So for upgrades, we've obviously got our Acute Control. After you ignore Guard or Patrol keyword on the minion, exhaust Acute Control to do damage to that minion. Not going to play this a ton, but maybe. We've got two copies of Float Like a Butterfly. Since we're going to sustain a lot of Confuse, this can be really nice to play onto Drax and to play onto Hawkeye if you're teaming up with one of those decks. We've got a copy of Heroic Intuition, plus one thwart. We obviously have our Intangible Interference. We actually do use this card a lot when teaming up with Spider-Man because he wants to leave, let that Live Dangerously side scheme sit out there. We're going to have to be bypassing Crisis Icons to maintain the main scheme. We've obviously got our Phased and Confused, uh, and then I put in two copies of Sonic Rifle so that if Hawkeye plays Locked and Loaded, you at least got something to go find. We obviously are going to have our Solid and our Phased form, so remember that in Solid form you're going to get to generate a physical resource for an attack or defense event. Um, and in Phased form you're going to avoid a lot of damage uh, whenever you defend. You can take no damage, so sounds pretty great. The main thing here is Shadowcat's ability, Selective Intangibility. While you're in phased mass form, Shadowcat ignores guard, patrol keywords, and the crisis icon. That's super important for us, because Spider-Man's going to want to leave that crisis icon out there. So let's talk about what thwarts we would use, right? Obviously, we can use our base two thwart. Uh, we have our two copies of Airwalk, where if we are in phased form, we're going to be removing four threat, which is great. I put in two copies of Concussive Blow, Confuse an Enemy if you paid with the physical resource, which you will get in solid form. You can deal three damage to an enemy and confuse it. You can then flip forms and use something like Lay Down the Law after you change forms or remove three threat or four threat from a scheme if you paid with a mental resource. Amazing. You're going to be flipping forms a lot, so Lay Down the Law makes perfect sense. I put in three copies of Impede as well. I'm not a huge fan of Impede, because it is removed 3 threat from the main scheme, main scheme only. If this is the first card you played this turn, return it to your hand. Works great for this Shadowcat cleanup deck, because you're going to spend a lot of time in phased form, defending to not take damage, and then trying to maintain that main scheme so that Spider-Man can pump everybody's hands with Live Dangerously. We've obviously got Phase Strike, Quick Shift, and Shadowcat Surprise. And then I included two copies of Upside the Head. After your hero makes a basic attack and damages an enemy, confuse that enemy. If that enemy is already confused, stun it instead. You can sneak past guards and things like that to Upside the Head, and I really like that with Shadowcat for placing that like really important confuse. So for confusion, we have Upside the Head, we have Sonic Rifle, we have Phased and Confused, a, uh, a Concussive Blow, a lot of cards to really put the confusion in on the villain. 
Um, for side schemes, I did put in one copy of Lay the Trap. This card just seems like you gotta include it in Justice at this point. When this side scheme is defeated, deal five five per player damage to the villain. This is amazing in a four-player game, and I'm planning to do a lot of three to four players here over the holiday break. We've got our three basic resources, and for supports, again, we included a Helicarrier just for in case anybody's running build support, and then Kitty's Room. For allies, we included a copy of Cypher, who's going to draw us extra cards, since we're going to have a lot of confused uh, enemies. We have Ironheart. I put in Jessica Jones, because we know we want to let that live dangerously sit out for a while, and since everyone's running player side schemes, her stock has kind of gone up. We've obviously got our obligatory copy of Lockheed, but then I also included Professor X, and I included Wolfsbane. After Wolfsbane thwarts, name a card type and discard the top card of your deck. If that card is the name typed, you may add it to your hand. This is amazing because Shadowcat in this deck has 19 events. So you got about a 50% chance of it being in events. You know what's in your hand, you know what's in your discard pile. You can do the math and figure out whether or not you're going to get an event or not, or how, how close you're going to be to doing it. And I really like those cards that add a little bit of, a little bit of luck to your draw. We don't have anything that costs four or more, but we do have 12 cards that cost three. So you're really going to be wanting to have Spider-Man keep out that Live Dangerously card so that you can, you know, maintain your hand size. Alright, let's move on to the fourth deck, or fifth deck. And before we get there, I should say I'm putting a link to the deck drafts for all of these in the bottom of the episode. I'll do a write-up for each one eventually, but I'm not going to have time before sneaking off for the holidays. But feel free to uh, go check out those decks. I might do a real quick write-up and just post them publicly so people can check them out. Um, but super fun. Marvel CEB exists. I played a couple games with people with these decks um, on Discord today, and they were a blast to play. So have fun this holiday playing Marvel Champions, your favorite game, or my favorite game at least. All right, my last deck is Spectrum, Spectrum Zaps. We got all these awesome new aerial cards and angels, so I probably should have built a protection Spectrum deck, but I just love Spectrum leadership. So my favorite thing about Spectrum is that she has the aerial keyword built into her character card. There is no fishing for my jet boots or whatever if we have to use to do in the core set. We just get to be aerial right from the get-go. I love it. So every time a new aerial card comes out, I immediately want to check out Spectrum. So here we've got our three forms, right? We've got Gamma, Photon, and Pulsar. So we're going to have to be getting into the right form at the right time. And then for upgrades, I included two copies of Honorary Avenger and two copies of Endurance, again, just to help the table. And we're going to be all about maintaining allies on the board and optimizing some of the energy resources built around allies. So we've got one copy of Triskillian, so we can get up to four allies wide if we want. And then for resources, I included energy and two copies of the Power of Flight. Um, I really like the Power of Flight. I sometimes feel like there's not a good reason to use it over the three basic resources unless you're going above three resources, but in decks like this where almost every card has aerial, when you want things with energy resources for cards like Sunspot and Captain Marvel, it might make sense to have Power of Flight instead of Strength and Genius, so I've been trying it out. We've got one power of Super Power Training, just because everybody loves some Super Power Training and energy duplication is, you know, busted good. Um, we've got 21 events in this deck, so we've got two copies of Air Supremacy. That is the one from Star-Lord's uh, pack, which is choose up to X enemies, where X is equal to the number of aerial, char aerial characters you control. Deal three damage to each of those enemies. When you get four characters out, you're able to do 15 damage for two costs. Seems pretty good. We've got three copies of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. We're obviously going to be at three attack, fort, or defense almost the whole game, so we want to be able to optimize on that stat, really. 
I've got two copies of Flying Formation, which is a new Alliance event from Angel's Pack. It's a four-cost mental event that says ready up to three aerial characters. So this is great for using Spectrum, using Cannonball, using someone else, uh, you know, Captain Marvel or whoever, and then readying them all and being able to use them again. Or if you have another person that has aerial readying, you know, a friend. Um, I really like Flying Formation. It's really great if other people have like one or two spare resources they don't know what to do with, they can always pour it into your Flying Formation. We've got our Gamma Blast, our Photon Speed, our Pulsar Shield, and our Speed of Light just from uh, you know Spectrum's kit. And then I included two copies of Teamwork. I really wanted to put Strength and Numbers in here, right? It seems like it would fit great, and you probably could, and you wouldn't regret it. Um, but it's a physical resource, and since we're including, we're going to jump to allies here, characters like Sunspot and Captain Marvel, we really want to have a lot of energy resources at our disposal. So I went with Teamwork instead, because it still lets you keep your allies out there, but maybe use them in different ways. So for allies, we've got uh, Blue Marvel, obviously, really, really good um, for Spectrum. I included Cannonball, because you have an amazing number of aerial cards um, in your deck, so he should never be taking consequential damage. I included Captain Marvel. After Captain Marvel enters play, discard the top four cards of your deck. If you discarded the Prince-led energy resource, deal three damage to an enemy. If you discarded more than one, also stun that enemy. That's great. Get a nice body that's going to thwart for eight over four turns and stun and damage an enemy. Golden. Um, I included Falcon to help with thwart, but also because he's aerial. I included Kalu just to go find the right events when you need them. Um, a copy of Pixie, which probably should actually get dropped now that I'm looking at it. I was originally building this and having a ton of uh, X-Men allies, but now she's really in here just to be an aerial ally. So you might want to swap out Pixie for a third copy of Honorary Avenger, or maybe even a Flying Formation. Um, and then I've got Sunspot, obviously. After you play Sunspot from hand, choose a player, deal one damage to the villain, and each minion engage with the chosen player for each energy resource used to pay for Sunspot. Love it. And then I've got a copy of Vivian, who is an aerial champion who, you know, can blank a non-elite minion or non-permanent sides in your attachment. Great for bypassing some of those tricky things. Um, so no weapon in this one. Maybe that's my big mistake. I should probably include a weapon in here or something, but a really fun deck that I've been playing around with and tinkering. So that is it for Decked Halls 2023 from the MCM team or from Kennedy Hawk. I built five or redid five decks over the last couple weeks um, that I've been jamming and really enjoying and wanted to share them with the community. I'd love to know what your favorite decks are this year and how you upgraded your old decks with some of the newer cards from the next Evolution Wave. So be sure to sound off in the comments or on the Discord and let me know what your favorite decks of 2024, 2023 were. With that, have a great holiday, and we'll see you in 2024. Thanks for tuning in.